Welcome back to the How to Buy a Home podcast, and today we are going to be continuing the important glossary of terms that you should be familiar with before you set out to buy a home. And I also have a very, very spicy piece of internet scamming that I'm going to share with all of you, and it's happening right under our noses. This is a big one that you really need to be aware of. All right, but for now, we're going to start with M. Let's get to it. These are real estate terms and definitions for everybody trying to figure out how to buy a home. As you might have figured out, this is only episode M, so subscribe, like, and hit the notifications, and we'll tell you when we've got our next episode coming out, because everybody has different pieces that they need to learn when they're looking to buy a house based on your specific situation. So get those notifications, and you'll find all the nuggets you need. What's up, how to buy a homies? This is a super crazy episode today because although it is indeed covering the necessary, albeit mundane task of teaching you the layman's definitions for all of the M words that you need to know before you're buying a home, there is also gonna be a giant lesson that I learned while I was researching this information for you. But let's get started. Our first M is manufactured housing. Now, these are homes that are built entirely in a factory in accordance with a federal building code administered by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Did you know that? Manufactured homes actually have a code? Now, manufactured homes might be single or multi-sectional and are transported from the factory to the site and then they're installed. The homes are permanently affixed to a foundation that often might be classified as real property under the applicable state law. That means the foundation is actually part of what you own. But with many manufactured homes, it also might be financed, which is not real property. Now, this doesn't mean it's fake. It means that that land is leased and you don't own it. The home itself that is not permanently affixed to a foundation, those are generally classified as what we call personal property. So you can get a loan on that just like you can on a regular house. But sometimes the land underneath or the foundation underneath is something that you have to pay a monthly fee. And as time goes on, you might not control exactly what that fee is and when it can be raised. Something you really need to take into account when you're looking at a manufactured home. Okay, our next M is margin. This one you heard about back in our L episode. The margin is part of a big equation that we use when we're trying to calculate what your ARM adjustable rate mortgage interest rate is gonna be. The margin is the percentage added to the indexed for that ARM, and that will establish your interest rate for each adjustment date in your adjusting mortgage. If you remember from the L episode, this is what they add to the LIBOR, which is now the SOFR, S-F-O-R. So if you haven't listened to episode 130, I suggest you do that now to help this margin M word make sense. Now, here's the quick recap. An easy way to think about it is this. In an adjustable loan, your mortgage rate equals the index plus the margin. So the margin, that's the number of percentage points added to the index from what used to be the LIBOR, now the SOFOR. And that margin number 
is created by the mortgage company and put in the original terms of your mortgage. They set the terms and that's gonna determine what your interest rate is on an adjustable rate mortgage after the initial rate period ends. The margin is set in your loan agreement and it's not gonna change after the closing. Okay, our next M is market value. Let's talk about market value because it seems to be what everybody talks about in real estate. No, it is not the list price. No. Market value is not what Zillow says. No, no, no. It's not what the last model match home sold for. And no, it's not what the appraiser says. Huh? Did I get you on that one? I did, didn't I? What is the market value? There is a true definition, and it sounds like economic mumbo jumbo, but this is the truth. The market value is the highest price that a buyer, a ready, willing, and able, but not compelled to buy buyer, what that buyer would pay. And the lowest price that a seller, ready, willing, and able, but not being compelled to sell, would accept. Yeah, that is real market value. And sometimes an appraiser is going to give you a market value that you need for a contract. But... The reality is it's actually still up to the buyer and the seller to determine through the negotiated contract and then even beyond into a second negotiation after the appraisal comes in, if that appraised value is going to be honored in that deal, it can change. It could be higher or lower and the difference could be paid for by the buyer or the seller. It depends on how the two parties want to get together and try to close the deal no matter what the appraisal says. Therefore, the value could indeed be different than an appraisal. And as far as market value goes, keep in mind anyone can sell a home in any fashion they like, regardless of what Zillow or the appraiser or the comparable homes say. People can put up a home for whatever price they want and if someone's willing to pay it, bam! That is the market value. That's why you need to talk to a local unicorn pro. Someone who knows all the story behind all the numbers in the neighborhood. People need to know where those market values came from. And this is yet another reason why you should never look at Zestimates to tell you what you should offer on a home. Our next M is maturity date. According to my wife, I have not hit mine yet. But... In real estate, the date on which a mortgage loan is scheduled to be paid in full as stated in the note. Yeah, maturity date, that's the day that you gotta pay up. Modification is our next M. Any change in the terms of a mortgage loan, including changes to the interest rate, loan balance, or loan term. You might hear about loan modifications. That's a whole different ball of wax that people do when they're trying to avoid foreclosure but you can still do a modification in several different ways without it being a complete loan modification. Now, this next dam isn't necessarily a real estate term, but I'm throwing it in for good measure. It's a money market account. If you haven't been saving money for very long, maybe you don't know or you realize this, that savings accounts get you jack diddly when it comes to the interest that you make on it. So what a lot of people are doing, they're looking for other things like CDs or stocks or any other kind of saving program. But a lot of those... They're not liquid. Liquid means you can't pull it out right away. So a money market account is something that you can use. It's a type of investment in which funds are insecured with a short-term securities. These are great to use when you're saving for your home because you get a little bit more interest, but the money can be liquefied immediately. Look, I know the term is liquidated. I just like to say liquefied. Next dam is monthly expenses. Can't believe I have to do this one for you, but 
I'm going to break it down anyway. I told you I was going to give you all the kindergarten definitions no matter what. Monthly expenses. This is how much you spend every month. <laughs> it can include, but is not limited to, recurring obligations like your rent or your mortgage payment, utilities, car payments, child support payments, alimony, insurance payments, as well as your essentials like food, groceries, and for me, tennis shoes. Most of these obligations will have a fixed due date. Which brings us to the M that you have all been waiting for, mortgage. And the M word mortgage also brings us to today's gigantic scam. Time to get serious. When I was doing the research on all the things you need to know from A to Z for buying a home, I googled a million different websites as well as use all the resources I've had over 16 years. One of the top websites I found was from Quicken Loans, which is Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage, two giant online lenders that have actually, I think they've merged recently because they're all on the same page. So what I found was this, one of the top URLs for helping people who are just trying to figure out how to do this is a page called 73 Terms to Know in 2022, brought to you by Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. So they're playing like they're your friend. And you probably heard of them because Rocket Mortgage is the one with all the Super Bowl commercials. But according to their own shareholders report in August 2022, are you ready for these numbers? They made $1.4 billion in net revenue for the quarters leading up to August in 2022. But their net income was just $60 million. Yeah, you heard that right. They spent... 1.34 billion just to make 60 million. So you go to their website that's supposed to be educating you, 73 terms you need to know in 2022. This is what it looks like when you get to their M section. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, they've got three or four different terms for each of them. But when you get to M, there's just one word, mortgage. And then it has a button for you to apply for a loan. That's it. No other M terms that you need to know. Interesting, isn't it? This is coming to you from this site that is supposedly there to help educate you with 73 terms that you need to know in 2022. The reason I point this out is to let you understand that there is a sophisticated level of selling and marketing that is being directed right at you the first time homebuyer. These guys are spending $1.34 billion last quarter so they can make stuff like this get to the top of Google so that you will click on their page and then you'll become a customer and you'll get their inferior, non-customer friendly service. The bottom line is you are being attacked. They're preying on your impatience, knowing that you're going to be wildly disappointed when you see the absolute lack of quality information out there. When you're trying to find legit quality information for first-time homebuyers, there isn't much. So when you find this at the top of Google, maybe you think that's all you've got. Gang, this is happening on a grand scale, and I cannot begin to explain it to you. This is just one of thousands of examples that I've found. This is not a conspiracy. This is real. There are real-life Illuminati playing puppet master with you and your hard-earned money. I share this with you because I want you to stay protected. The real estate industry, they've been ignoring you for years because they're living in the dark ages and they're so greedy, they don't actually see the value of serving first-time homebuyers. And the new online lenders know this. And they're spending this obscene amount. 
an unfathomable amount of money right now because they think they can dominate down the line. They don't mind losing money today because they're sowing seeds for the future. And they're hoping that all the first-time buyers out there find so little information that they'll jump in line like good little lemmings and become brainwashed internet children. I gotta tell you, like, straight from my gut, this is so blatant, so obvious how you're being screwed that I am truly shocked to my core that no one else is pulling back the curtain and revealing this to you. Not because I think there are really good people out there, because I think someone else could do this and find a way to benefit by pointing out how crappy they are. It amazes me that no one greedy has figured out, oh, I can go after the people who actually have a conscience and don't like being screwed. So we're here, and the revolution has started here on this podcast to protect you. And today, the revolution wants to help you see that this so-called list made to help you. <laughs> and for you listeners out there, uh, I used very sarcastic air quotes when I said help. As we can plainly see, it's really not helping at all. So for now, let's ignore the $1.34 million scam and give you the rest of the real M list. All right. So where was I? Mortgage. Now, in some states, this can be talking about the actual piece of papers, you know, the documents that pledge what we call real property, such as a home, pledges that to the lender as a security for the repayment of the debt. Real property is a term that we use for the property. Now, the stuff inside, they call that personal property. So, don't freak out when you hear the term real property. It's not because there's fake property out there somewhere. It's just an old school real estate term. Shocker, the realtors are acting like old school dinosaurs. Yeah, they still haven't updated it. Now, talking about mortgage, the definition that you probably know is the more esoteric term, which means the entire entity, the idea and the service of what is a lien on the property, and that secures the property to repay the loan. It's an agreement between you and the lender that allows you to borrow money to purchase or refinance a home, and it gives the lender the right to take your property if you fail to repay the money that you've borrowed. Fancy Google terms for it's a loan, you don't pay, they foreclose. Technically, it is a loan that is secured by using your home as collateral. It may also be used to indicate the amount of money that you owe with interest on the purchase of your home. So like you say, how much is left on your mortgage? That's the amount of the purchase price minus your down payment plus any payments that you've made. Our next M, because yeah, Rocket Quicken Mortgage, there's more than one, you big scammers. Our next M is Mortgage Banker, term that you might hear. And it refers to an individual firm or a corporation that originates, sells, and or services loans secured by mortgages on real property. Originates term you're going to hear when they're talking about mortgages. It means that they're going to offer the product, charge you a fee for that, and then sell you the loan. And many of them resell the loans to the secondary mortgage lenders like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which we talked about in the F episode. If you're a home, you've heard me talk about this a lot. Mortgage brokers are different from mortgage bankers, though some mortgage brokers also can be mortgage bankers. But as a broker, it means they're going to offer other products as well. A broker is an individual or firm that will bring the borrower and the lenders together for the purpose of a loan origination. So their actual title is the person or the firm that originates and processes loans for a number of different lenders, giving you the options 
for different prices and different terms. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the application from you and then excuse my crudeness here, but they're going to you out to all the other lenders and investors to get you the best deal. Hey, it's a means to an end. And because you have choices, you can shop through them to get the best deal. Where a mortgage banker, they're more like an arranged marriage. You don't have much choice in the matter. Wow. I've never used that analogy before. I can't believe that just popped in my head. I kind of like it, although I'm sure that my mortgage brokers that I've been recommending for years are not going to be thrilled that I just reduced them to pimps. Again, we're fighting $1.34 billion paid in the last quarter just to lure you in. So the truth, it might not be pretty. Our next M is mortgage insurance. This is one that I get questions about all the time. So if you've never heard of it before, I'll get you educated. If you have heard of it, listen up close. Mortgage insurance known as MI or PMI or sometimes MIP, which is the mortgage insurance premium that you pay every single month. It's all basically the same thing. What it is, is it's insurance that you pay that protects the lenders against the losses that could be caused by a borrower, that's you, you're a borrower, defaulting on the loan. That's the real reason for it. It's insurance that you pay to them because you didn't put 20% down on the home and they wanna make sure that if you bail on the house, they're still covered. So MI or PMI or MIP is typically required if you, the borrower, like I said, if your down payment's less than 20% of the purchase price, you pay it extra little insurance fee monthly, right as long as you pay your monthly mortgage. You're either gonna pay it to a government agency through the Federal Housing Administration, the FHA, or to a private mortgage insurance company, that's the PMI. And of course, that's why you're gonna hear both PMI and MI, but they're pretty much the same thing. It's just paid to different people. Okay, I've been doing this three and a half years and I know people find the podcast at different times in their journey and I know people back in 2019 weren't even thinking about buying a home and I know I've got 130 something episodes so there's no way you're gonna hear them all. But this, I'm gonna say it once and for all and refer people back to this. This is the absolute way to think about mortgage insurance and PMI. It's not for everyone, but it is not as scary as people are saying. Listen close and let this sink in because I think many first time buyers lose tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars listening to old school boomer philosophies about PMI that scare them and make them think they're dangerous. I've been doing this 16 years and I could tell you PMI is not dangerous. It is a tool to help people get into home ownership. Okay, let's take the average home today, around 400,000 bucks. Now, if you got $80,000 cash, Sweet, you just avoided PMI. You got 20% down. But what if you don't have $80,000 cash? But what if you do have 5% down? What if you've got 20 grand? Well, if you can afford a 5% down payment today on a home and you have a solid long-term plan on values and the time that you think you're gonna spend in this home, then you could buy a home today using MI or PMI at only about $91 a month or you could just keep renting until you save up $60,000. If you've only got $20,000 right now, no idea how long it's gonna take you to save another 60 grand to get to 20%. So what I've been telling people for years is that PMI 
right now at what I say, 91 bucks a month, this is simply a loan to yourself. You're loaning yourself $60,000 at the price of $91 a month so you don't waste all those years in rent. And this is the truth. Let's get real on this. If you need to save more than a year to save that $60,000 to get that 20% full down payment, I guarantee you that your rent is gonna be up way more than $91 a month while you're saving. And imagine where it's gonna go if you've gotta save for two, three, four, or five years. So actually, by getting a home using that PMI for $91 a month, you're gonna be saving money over the next two, three, four, five years because your monthly payment will stay fixed. And of course, you're gonna start paying down your principal on the home with your mortgage payments instead of 100% of your monthly payment, that rent payment going to nothing while you're trying to save that $60,000 so you can avoid the terrible PMI, 91 bucks a month. And there's another really important thing about PMI. Not only will you be getting in for only $91 a month and paying down the principal, but it's important that you understand that you're paying down the principal because there's a formula with the PMI. PMI and MI can be dropped from your loan once you reach an 80% LTV loan to value on your home. Now. Technically it's 78%, but if you bug them enough, when you get to 80%, you've been making payments on time, most of the time they're gonna drop it when you hit 80. Now, for those of you who don't know what LTV is, go back to the last episode and listen to our L episode. But if you put 20% down, you're already at an 80% LTV. If you put 5% down, obviously you're starting at a 95% LTV. What I'm telling you is that 91 bucks a month, you do not pay that for the full 30 years on the loan. It's actually gonna be much shorter than that and much less money paid overall for the privilege of being able to buy a home early with a low down payment. Like I said, it works like this. 5% down means a 95% LTV. Your LTV gets lower by you making payments down on the principal. Each payment you have reduces the principal. It also gets lower when you gain equity in the home. So the way it works is in the first five years, if you pay the minimum monthly payment, that means you're gonna pay down $28,649.83 of the principal. Again, based on the estimated numbers, $400,000 house at a 5.5% loan, but don't tell me I'm not giving you real detailed information. So that $28,649.83, that is another 7.1 off of your loan to value, your LTV. So now you add that to your 5% down payment, and now suddenly you're sitting at 87.9% LTV. Cool, you're getting close to that 80 to 78% where you can dump it. So that means you're about 10% off there. What if in the same time, your home appreciates in value by 10%, either in the market moving up that much in that five-year period or or in the home improvements that you've made on the house, which will increase the value. Well, then you call your bank and you have your MI or your PMI removed now that you are below the 80 to 78% needed to drop it. So in this scenario, the reality of this terrible PMI is that you're paying $91 a month in your MI or PMI or $1,092 each year or $1,092 a year for five years for a grand total of $5,460 over five years to loan yourself $60,000 worth of down payment needed to avoid that PMI. That's 
$5,460 or $91 a month for five years to become a homeowner. I'd say that's a great deal. Stop paying rents and live in control with a fixed monthly housing payment. All right, I could go on and on about this. And I actually did an episode 69 and a, a whole bunch of others. But the math right there, that spells it out. PMI is not the devil. And it's not a reason to wait to buy a home. You might think you're saving money, but this is a new world and rents are stupid. It's going to cost you much more to wait things out as a renter and try to save up to 20%. Our next M is a mortgage modification. Now, a lot of these terms got thrown out before. I just want to make sure you've heard of them before. Mortgage modification, it sometimes happens like this. A loss mitigation option. That's what a mortgage modification is. It allows you, the borrower, to refinance or extend the terms of your mortgage, thus reducing your monthly payment. So, in times of crisis, if you get in trouble, always look for some kind of mortgage modification rather than just stopping paying and going into foreclosure. Okay, here's another big one that people have asked me about a lot that I'm really excited to get into. <laughs> what a nerd. I'm excited to talk about this crap. Mortgage points or sometimes often referred to as discount points. Now, if you're gonna use these or not, fine, doesn't matter to me, but this is something that you should know and you should understand, especially if you've got some extra cash up front when you're doing your deal. Sure, you can put all 30% down, but did you know that you can use some of that cash to do what we call buy down points? Yeah, right at the beginning, you don't have to take the rate they give you, you can pay with some extra cash up front to lower your interest rate. There's a few different ways you can do it. You can do it for a temporary period or the entire life of the loan, just depends. So think about that. Mortgage points, they're called discount points. You can pay the lender and you usually pay them at the closing and they can buy down your rate. And just like PMI, you can choose to avoid even thinking or understanding anything about the definition of mortgage points or discount points. Now you might potentially lose some big savings if you don't understand it. So I recommend expand your mind a little bit and realize that sometimes if done correctly, you can pay a little bit of extra to take advantage of unique situations that will save you tens of thousands over the long haul is the dealio. Let's go to the next one. Mortgage rate. What's that? It's the interest rate you pay to borrow the money to buy your house. Next up is a mortgage refinance. So a lot of people ask me all the time, what's a refinance? I know it should be in the R's, but I'm putting it under the M's because it's a mortgage refinance. You are not stuck with your interest rate that you get on your 30-year loan for the rest of your life. Nope. In fact, there are a bunch of lenders out there that make their living refinancing people into better rates, which oddly enough is another reason that you need to be careful. Because when you're choosing your lender to do your loan purchase, there are a ton of lenders in 2022 and definitely into 2023 that are going to be getting out of the business because they've only been doing refinances for the last four or five years and they don't know jack cheese about a purchase. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, the rates have been so low that a bunch of lenders have just been doing refinances. But if you want to understand how this can work for you in the future, the Google definition is that a mortgage refinance is when you take out a new loan to pay off and then replace your old loan. Usually, obviously, so that you can get a better rate or sometimes so you can get cash out of your home, which I recommend if you're using it to fix up your home and increase the value of your property. 
please, please, please don't do a refinance to cash out and buy a boat or a second car. That's what happened in 2008. That's how everybody got upside down. That's the real reason there was a housing crash back then. Good news is the banks aren't going to let you do it as easy as they did back then. But hopefully you also listen to me. So a lot of people love this because you refinance. You can also get a lower payment monthly. That's kind of a cool thing. And here's a big bonus tip. A lot of times they'll do these refinances for really low fees. Sometimes even nothing because the bank wants to redo and get a new loan for you. But here's an even better fact. The fees, if there are any, they're really not that big a deal because you could have with a refinance that gap that you had when you bought the home the first time, which is you might be 30 or 45 days without a mortgage payment while it's going through the refinance. So whatever fees there are, you can just take that month's mortgage payment and put that to the fees. So it's kind of a freebie. Pretty cool. Next up is mortgage term. The term of the mortgage loan is how long you have to repay the loan. It's the number of years that you're gonna pay before you fully own your home. Just like your car, you don't own it until you make the last payment. Most of the time, mortgage terms are 15 or 30 years. Now, when it comes to paying off your loan, you're gonna hear tons of opposite different opinions on paying your loan off early versus paying it at the minimum. This is totally up to you, but I do want you to understand how this works. If you bought a home today and you borrowed at 5.5%, yeah, you can put the extra money towards the loan to pay it off early. And the reason why some people like to do that is because the interest that you pay over 30 years on a $400,000 purchase, 5.5%, it's another $400,000. You heard that right. If you just pay the minimum for 30 years, you're paying $800,000 for the $400,000 loan. So look, this is why people are out there freaking out about just paying the minimum for 30 years. But bear in mind, that's the math today. And a lot can happen in 30 years, whether it's refinances or paying stuff down or buying or selling. And there's probably multiple different situations that are gonna happen that you can start paying this off earlier. I pray to God that you're gonna be getting a raise in the next 30 years. <laughs> Boy, I hope so. Our next M term, mortgagee and mortgager. Now look, I do this crap for a living and I gotta tell you, it's taken me years to figure out which one is which, whether it's the mortgagee or the mortgager or the grantee or the grantor or the leasee or the lessor. So a long time ago, I got myself this mnemonic device. It was when I was a renter actually. And I remembered that the lessee, that was me. So the ones with the E, that's me, the person trying to live there. So the mortgagee or the grantee or the lessee, that's me. And if you're absolutely a pessimistic person and you don't want to use the me mnemonic device, I do remember one time when I hated my landlord that he was the lessor and that or uh, rhymes with whore. Okay, and our big old last M is MLS. This is kind of a big one if you're trying to buy a house. And once again, not in the M terms from Quicken and Rocket. They decided you don't need to know that M term. Sketchy, sketchy scammers. The MLS is a basic term you need to know. MLS stands for Multiple Listing Service. Major League Soccer stole it from us. We had it first. It's a service provided by the local board of realtors. According to Inman.com is an exclusive industry publication. I pay for it so I can bring you thrilling data like this. There are over 600 MLS organizations in the United States. An MLS is the database that allows real estate agents and broker members to access and add information about all the properties in an area, all the things that are for sale. 
So the way that a home gets listed so someone can sell it, it gets logged into the MLS by a listing agent. Now, all the sites that you use, the public real estate sites, Zillow, Redfin, Trulia, Realtor.com, they all actually get their information from the local MLSs. 600 MLSs and the big fancy sites that you guys use, they pull from the MLSs. So I say again, the information originates in the MLSs and then Zillow and Redfin grab it from them. But way to go realtors in general, the MLS tech, the sites and their user friendliness, it just sucks because it's made by realtors, paid for by realtors. And Zillow and Redfin have spent billions to create a much better site and they're much more user friendly. But keep in mind, when you're working with a local unicorn realtor, they're gonna have direct access to the MLS and there is some information in there that is not on the public sites. It's the place to go for all the real dirty information and something that you should have somebody on your side looking to see what's actually going on with each individual listing. There's a whole section on lots of MLSs that is just realtor to realtor. In the past, I've had tons of buyers who call me up and because they found a home on Zillow. Then I go onto my local MLS and I read in the private remarks, just realtor to realtor, the stuff that doesn't get published on the public sites. It's specifically called private remarks. That's where I discover the seller actually wants to do a rent back for six months. I'll look up the realtor and find out that the realtor's only sold two homes in the last 10 years. I'll find out the seller wants to sell it, but they have a renter in there who has a lease for the next 18 months. I'll find out that they raised chickens in the living room for the last eight years. Does the last one sound made up? It's not. So make sure you're working with a local unicorn realtor because then you're gonna get access to all the important information, which is only there on the MLS. Okay, that's it, there you go. These are the basics and shockingly, it's more than one M word, whoa. All the things that you need to be aware of to help you navigate the crazy complex world of buying a home. I say it's a crazy complex world, but once you get all this stuff under your belt, it's not that complicated. Educate yourself. There's a lot more information at How to Buy a Home on TikTok and at the How to Buy a Home podcast on YouTube. Seriously, if you haven't checked out the YouTube page for some great information, get on there and subscribe. If you're serious about buying a home, Get home, watch your shows, binge what you want to watch, but take your laptop or your tablet in your bed and watch a 20-minute YouTube video before you go to bed. There's education in there that is important for people to understand so you feel comfortable and not confused by the process. And share the YouTube and the podcast with all your friends and family who need to know this too. Because once your friends and family get all this real information and are armed with the real estate vocabulary, guess what? They can do this, and you know what? You can do this.